0: headliner radio the creative voice okay so happy to be welcoming producer songwriter engineer and guitarist um susie shin hey susie how are you
1: hey adam i'm good how are you
0: yes really good um you were just telling me you're in la how i was gonna say i've never been to la in the autumn so i can't even visualize what it's like to be in los angeles this time of year how how's it looking
1: it's bright and sunny uh it's probably not, not much too different than the summer or the winter but uh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a beautiful day outside
0: yeah okay wonderful um and so like just to introduce you could you yeah should we start with maybe how you got into music and how that wound up with producing and, and obviously you play guitar am i right i think did you grow up liking kind of pop punk the kind of pop punk kind of world yeah, really I love
1: pop punk. I grew, I grew up listening to, you know, this whole like Warped Tour scene at the time and mm. Blink-182, but Beach Boys and Frank Sinatra and the Beatles and uh, metal and kind of everything in between. But um, yeah, I grew up that. My mom forced me to play guitar. I didn't want to play guitar. <clears throat> uh, and... Then I I fell in love with it. Once I learned I could play like my favorite bands' songs, uh, and like sing them at the same time. And then I got a MacBook. That, that was our in-house computer in the dining room, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> with with GarageBand, you know, and Logic, and I started recording my own songs or my like little covers uh, to put on MySpace. And I loved yeah. it. And like always, since I was a kid, like music, making music was the only thing I wanted to do, and it came natural. And so I went to Berkeley School of Music in Boston, dropped out because I got an internship at a recording studio uh, in LA, and I've been here ever since.
0: Oh, cool! But the last people I interviewed went to Berkeley, and they told me this kind of insane thing. I didn't realize where you're. Like, is this right? You're assigned a number based on your skill level or something it sounds like super dystopian and horrible
1: oh my god no you totally are you're assigned numbers based on like ear training level um music theory knowledge performance um playing like you test it and you test it and then they put you with like people of your kind of level in all your in your classes
0: yeah it just makes it sound like the sort of music college version of squid game or
1: I was just thinking that. I was like, it kind of is Squid Game, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. But then that being said, and it was really intimidating while I was there because everyone is so good. And here I was like with some knowledge of jazz guitar, but like I wanted to just play power chords, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like going somewhere like that must be so you know intimidating as it is, but then it sounds like they almost deliberately ramped out for some reason. I can't. I just, that doesn't sound like a healthy environment.
1: Um me,
0: but...
1: I don't even know. I don't know if they were trying, I don't think they were trying to do that on purpose, but like you have like all the best talent in the world, the youngest best talent in the world, like all at this tiny little college in this like city. And yeah, I did it was it was intimidating. I I was I was definitely um quiet because I thought I wasn't good. Uh mm until I moved to LA and even then moving to LA, you're like, Oh my God, everyone here is so good in such a different way. Mm. Um, but yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and just to touch on, you mentioned you got GarageBand. So when, what kind of time is this? Cause um, I think it's really interesting how people being able to access this kind of software so much more easily than, you know, back in the day when you'd actually need like a full studio, it's kind of really leveled the playing field the music industry a bit I'd say even particularly for female producers like yourself I guess stereotypically studios to be really dude heavy (laughs) environments I I don't know if this is true in your experience but um, yeah what kind of time frame are we talking would you agree that that's you can call it the whole bedroom pop thing right where people are just making really clean sounding songs now just using pretty whether they've pirated the software or not but yeah Is (laughs) is this kind of true in your experience? These kind of thoughts, do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, like without Grad, honestly, without Garage Band, I don't know if I or or logic at the time, like I don't know if I if I would be here and like these genres like bedroom pop, bedroom rock, like it does give everyone an ability to become a producer or a songwriter or whatnot, or even just have fun. But and I and I think it's really cool. Like I Really love the bedroom pop, bedroom rock genre. It has this kind of like uh on accident lo-fi sound, but it's not like lo-fi of like the like the tape lo-fi. It's this whole other kind of new, very clean, like it's like the Apollo twin apogee kind of USB interfaces, like clean sound, but it's still it's not the same big studio sound. Um that maybe like we're used to on, on giant records. Um, and it does give more opportunity for not only females, but like everyone, like I, I, I hope that all kids who are able to like get into and have the opportunity to experience like making music, um, in a way. Cause it's like, you know, you open up your laptop, you look at your phone, um, your ipad there's like crazy ways to make music on all of these devices like literally in our hand
0: yeah it's so interesting to think i'm just thinking now about how do you feel this has really influenced rock as a genre like now that people can produce their own because i guess rock would back in the day be the genre that no one would produce themselves you'd need an engineer to put all the right uh cables in the right amps, kind of thing and make that's so yeah. interesting
1: I, that, um, I that never thought, like, that is the one genre where you you needed a team.
0: Or... Yeah, well, I just mean, because, and if you look at a lot of rock nowadays, it's so crossing genres. Like in the UK, you've got Bring Me The Horizon and Shikari bands like that who are really crossing over with lots of electronic stuff. And I, that's definitely happened with bands you've worked with yourself. I'm just wondering if it's just, you know, laptops advancing so much. And yeah, it's interesting, isn't it?
1: It's, it's really interesting. I, I think, like, newer bands, like, they would be able to... I think you can record your demo, um, a rock demo or whatnot by yourself for sure or, like, on your own. I think for me and, like, for the records that I like to make, there is this art to where I hear such a huge difference between, like... I made this in Logic here. I made this rock song in Logic versus like, let's take some elements of that, of the Logic files or whatever. And like record the drums, like with, you know, a sick, like vintage Ludwig kit over at United studio. A. like sure. When you're listening, like maybe you don't, it's different. It's different. And I think there's an art to me for, for rock music, of like infusing the bedroom rock with the high fidelity or the in-studio recording. But that being said, that doesn't stop anyone from, you know, opening up, getting getting Pro Tools, uh, like the $20 a month one and, and getting a Waves bundle and, and guitar rig and making their own demo. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like it's a song. And if they're a great songwriter, that's gonna come through with uh, a a Amp on it or you know, a Mesa cabin head. Um, it comes down to the songwriting for me. But then like I, I wanna take it to the I wanna take it to the studio, or I wanna find like fun ways of like how can we take the lo-fi or or the the bedroom pop meets the high fidelity studio like where is this world where it could sit in between
0: no absolutely um i mean regards to that so we're talking about you dropping out of berkeley where did where did you go from there especially so all I, stuff in mind yeah
1: yeah i had no idea what i had in mind i was like 18. <laughs> um and I, had, I got an uh, internship at this, like, random, like, house recording studio in L.A. And I've, I tried all the big fancy studios. And, of course, like, why would anyone want this random girl from Wichita, Kansas, to intern at their studio? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this place was the first place and the only place that said yes. And I was just going to be out here for the summer and then go back to Berkeley. But I was just too broke. I... <laughs> couldn't afford like a plane ticket back. Like I never even went and got my clothes and my stuff um, back in Boston. And all I knew and what I was told was you intern, you intern, you do everything you're asked to do. And then you're going to assist an engineer and then you're going to engineer. And then someday someone's going to come in and like, like you. Um, So I spent like a year doing, Six, seven days a week, 10, 14, 16, 20 hour days at the studio, like everything from learning how to Melodyne to recording John Popper from, for Blues Traveler to cleaning toilets, to getting the food. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, and anytime anyone wanted to work on anything, I said, yes, I was always there. Someone hit me up for it to engineer the 10 bm session i was there uh and then eventually i did meet someone um who ended up becoming my manager and my publisher uh at the time through that through that space and everything changed yeah
0: hmm. that's super interesting because you get a lot of producers these days who are just well, almost 100 percent self-taught right just through the um the good old youtube <laughs> tutorials right but um it's great that you've you did that but you've also i mean there's got to be so much value still in learning through an actual studio right and i'm just gonna add on it's so interesting you started out in a house music studio because um i correctly guessed you were someone that grew up into (laughs) pop punk music and then Oh yeah, my gosh. When I
1: I'm so sorry, let me correct myself. When I said house music, it was it was not like a commercial studio. It was like it was built into a house. Um, oh, was, you
0: like, meant like David Getter. Imagine <laughs>
1: you know what though, I did do a lot of house music there. I made right. so much trip hop and house because we had this like partnership with this company, whatever. I don't know. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it was also a house, and we made house music. Um but yeah, it, it it was it was a really really crazy year or two that
0: happened. Hmm. I mean, so just as I mentioned already, with you being a female producer, how how were those early days, especially uh, with you being into rock? Because we I mentioned studios as stereo back in the day, you would stereotype it as a bunch of middle aged men, and now and then ro- <laughs> and then rock was like this is such a long time ago now. But once rock was all bearded, long haired dude shredding out so and then obviously you had like trailblazers like amy lee and hayley williams came along and thankfully got rid of that stereotype but um yeah how how's that all been for you personally if if you're happy to go there of course
1: oh i'm totally down to go there uh Mm -hmm. when i first started and even in college like i was in like the production and engineering major uh it was all men Mm. all um and you know my first I've been in LA here for a little over 10 years and my first five years um it was bumpy but I know like I didn't ever think anything of it I was like raised to not I was raised not to like, be like, oh, you're a girl doing this. You're a girl doing this. I was just like, I'm doing this. Um, so it never seemed weird to me. Now there's always outlier cases um, where like, you know, I'm, I'm at the big fancy studio waiting for the producer and the writer to show up and I'm the engineer. And I, am they're just like, they're both in the room or come waiting for the engineer. And I'm like, no, it's me. And they don't believe me. And they're like, can you go get me a coffee? Why, where's where's the engineer? And I'm like, hello, it's me. Um, You know, and then of course, like in life, not just in the music industry, there's been times where it's like the line was crossed uh, because I'm a woman in that weird world, but that's been like, that doesn't happen to me anymore and the few times that it did in my life it was like so long ago um mm-hmm. you know and I, I fast forward and i look at like now i will say it's, i don't see as many women as i would like to um in the world like it's it's for me when when i think about like who i who i work with a lot and the sessions i get pulled into it is male dominated still um, but that being said like I love my dudes. Like I I love I love working with the people that I work with. It's not I'm not working with them because they're guys or they're girls. I'm working with them because they're fucking like exceptional human beings and artists um, and creators. Uh but I have seen a shift over the past 10 years, really like kind of at that like seven, eight-year mark. I started hearing about like other female engineers other female producers there was I was like oh my gosh there's a group of us there's like there's people like um that are like me and and even this this weekend I'm going to New York to go work with a bunch of women producers and writers and I'm just like this is rad this would never happen 9 years ago
0: yes yeah, amazing there's so much progress but i guess we're not we're still not quite 100 percent there, right? So what what would you say the solution is? Is it just for women like yourself to keep showing up and showing you can do it just as well as any man, right? Without trying to mansplain the, the solution. Is yeah. that, does that sound does that sound like the only it's not down to men, right? Where studios go, Oh, come on in, girls, come on and in. intern. I think
1: Yeah. It's- I'm like, I'm very like I, I want everyone to come in. I I want the girls who are passionate about it and who are Into it and want to learn to keep learning. You just got to exactly keep showing up. Like this industry is discouraging, regardless of any gender or like or genre, gender, gender. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like for the women, you got it. You got to keep showing up. Shit is going to get tough. It's going to suck sometimes. You're going to like. Hopefully, you don't. But you might get treated in a way where you're like, "I don't deserve this. This isn't what I signed up for." and you want to quit, and to that, I say, like, don't walk away, like, we need you, like, like, that, that's what changes this, and what changes the stereotype, and what changes the current status, and um, I think, like, for all of us, you know, we just have to be aware and conscious of, like, what the past has been and where we're wanting to go and like letting opportunities be had for everyone. Um, but at the same time, you know, like giving the best person, the job, um, working with people who you love to work with. Um, yeah. Just gotta yeah. be, keep our eyes open, mm-hmm. be aware of, of our, of our world and our surroundings. And, and I think that like, now especially the past two years like the industry has been making a conscious effort to to change what always has been
0: mm. no that's so awesome um and i was kind of slowly building up to you getting to work with you know the likes of fallout boy and panic at the disco but um was one of your major breakthroughs probably i'm guessing working with Casey perry yeah how how did that come about and how was that Experience. I mean, we're talking about one of the biggest pop stars on the planet, obviously. So yeah. I know
1: that that was a, a call that I got at like 7 p.m. to come in that day at 8 p.m. Um because Katie wanted was coming in and wanted to record vocals um for a song that she was working on. And I showed up and Cause you, you know, you have to say yes to everything. And I will say the things that I've said no to 90% of them, I don't regret, but like, that still, I'm like, man, I should have said yes to, to other things in life. But um yeah, she came in and she was like, I'm going to get some Taco Bell. Do you want tacos? And I was like, no, I'm good. And she was like, well, do you want a Red Bull? And I was like, yeah, that sounds sick. Um, But really, she was great. She was a dream. Her voice, like, it's exactly everything you would imagine. Just, like, an insane voice, insane talent. Um, And it was a really awesome session. And she was just so cool. I wanted to, like, hang out with her all night. Um, But, yeah, it, it never it never felt like some crazy like corner was turned where my life changed or anything it was just like whoa that's awesome that's rad and that still happens to me like all the time where i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm working with this person or like whoa like 12 year old me would be freaking out that i'm you know working with whoever or doing this this job that i that i didn't had no idea where i would be you know 20 years ago
0: yeah no unbelievable um and then yeah fallout boy and panic at disco i keep kind of hyping this up but like how did i mean just purely because it's something i mean did you love them growing up i'm assuming or?
1: um i did i i lo- i i I, I didn't I wasn't like a crazy crazy fan I wasn't a crazy fan about like anyone like maybe blink 182 to be honest mm-hmm. but um I love I loved their music I always thought they were cool and like obviously upon meeting them and upon working with them like I knew who they were I was like oh my god like follow boy and you know panic like those those guys have felt almost like more impactful than like most of the pop stuff I've done because like when it comes to like panic, especially like I've been like so involved in the past and like complete records. Like I got to like help make a record, you know, like a full album, which I'm so grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. But that overall time is more like, whoa, you know, my life is changing yeah. or my life is crazy.
0: Cause it was it kind of working with Katy Perry that kind of led you to those doors being opened for you kind of thing for those bands in particular.
1: Well, when I was working, when I did the Katy Perry session, I was working as an engineer a lot for mad decent um, Diplo's record label. So that there was like a lot of like pop people that came in, in that world um, through those doors where I would be the engineer. Like that's how I met um, Sophie uh, this artist producer who I ended up being like her main vocal producer, vocal engineer for everything after. Um, But I don't know. I I really like when I met Evan Toppenfeld and Jake Sinclair, my life kind of like turned because Jake is is the producer for, you know, he's worked with Fog, White Panic, Weezer, pink train like he was butch walker's engineer and like he really took me under his wing and made me be like his right hand man like i was there five six days a week i would help him whether we were in a session with an artist or not like we were always at the studio and like that's really like where i learned so much um and where everything really started to change
0: yeah, no, unbelievable. And um, something I really wanted to highlight: you worked on um, when Weezer did that cover of Africa. I can I can only imagine how fun that must yeah. have been. I mean, we talking about one of the most legendary songs of all time, <laughs> no. and um, I I love that cover so, and the video is just genius <laughs> as well. Um, how was that? And I can only assume that led to you um, you produced their most recent album. I understand is that.
1: I produced the most recent one. It was called Van Weezer. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like a take on like uh, Van Halen and like big guitar riffs, um, you know, Motley Crue, Ozzy kind of world, that sunset strip rainbow room scene. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were going on this uh, stadium tour with Green Day and Fall Out Boy. So we were like, let's make a big rock album for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that the cover of Africa was that was I Rivers and I, like we did, we did all the vocals. I didn't know what it would be at the time. And by the way, like we first went in the studio and we did Rosanna, uh, the other Toto song. Mm. Um, because I was told like everyone was like, We want to hear Africa. And, you know, in true Weezer fashion, they were like, we're gonna record rosanna and give you (laughs) almost africa um so yeah we like we're looking up youtube videos i was like ripping like the acapellas like trying to like hear out all the harmonies and watching instructional videos but um yeah we just spent a day in the studio working through those those vocals doing all of the the ad libs exactly you know how they, how they originally did them. If you listen towards the end of the song; it's like pretty funny. Like the I Have Lost mm. um, Yeah, that was that was a really fun record.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It's not one of those covers where they were like, "Oh, let's take the song and completely um, shift it into." It's it's a very Their own um, true. Yeah. It's a very own true, very true take of it, and it's it's still so cool to hear Weezer doing it. Um. But yeah, it's, it's it, like you say. It's so amazing how they yeah they took every sort of harmony and the ad-libs and the even like that really. I mean that keyboard <laughs> that keyboard solo sounds insane. I wouldn't even want to attempt to play that. But,
1: um, right, that's all
0: spot on as as well, right? So yeah, that must have been a challenge for all of you. I can only assume.
1: Yeah, I um I'm blanking on the producer. I want to say his name is Mark. Did the um produce the album and did because we made a whole album of this, um. Mm. And it was called The Teal Album, and they were all covers. Uh, And Mark did the music, and I did the vocals with Rivers. And, like, I think our goal with everything, which, again, is in true Weezer fashion, was we did everything exactly or as close as we could to the original, you know? Mm. There wasn't any, like, make our own version, do this crazy new thing. Like, let's reimagine the genre of the song. Like, no, we, like, did it exactly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, what's really cool is when you when we look at your credits, discography kind of thing, you, it's so cool. So you've done, like, on one session, it'll be drum engineering, and then there'll be one where it's, like, vocal, as we've touched on with Katy Perry and... Fallout Boy, Panic at the Disco, but so was um, this Weezer album. Is that one of your like most major projects? Would you say, as an engineer producer? Would you say?
1: Yeah, it was the first. Um, the The last Weezer project, the Van Weezer, is the first. And because I've been working with um, Weezer for a long time, um, I started off mm. as you know kind of like engineer, assistant engineer, um, and then have worked on one, two, three, four, maybe five albums, six albums. I actually don't know. Um, but this last one was the the first time where I was like, I was, um, the only producer on the album. Um, and Mm. the main engineer I had in my like team and, you know, the studio guy, like Charlie, um, brand I love, I, he engineered a lot on it. And then Ivan Wayman and, and then the in-house guys, but yeah, it was the first time where it's like, all right, Susie, Weezer, like go make an album. And I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. You know, like, Mm -hmm. where are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? Like, what songs are we going to do? You know that? So it it was so fun. Like I'm, I'm addicted to that process. Like it's all I want to, I want to do I I love being involved in albums.
0: Isn't that amazing? Um, yeah, and then um, yeah, what else are you currently working on? I understand you working with Tom Morello, for example, which is pretty insane. Yeah,
1: that was crazy to see. It's crazy to see Tom Morello, like, call me on my phone. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and it's so funny because every time I answer, he goes, hi, Susie, it's Tom Morello. And I'm like, I know it's Tom. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that... I produced a song, um, for him and Andrew McMahon and that will come out, I think, later this month. It's really cool. Like, Tom does, like, some really sick guitar stuff on it and we, like, took the guitars and, like, um, using, like, different plugins. Like, I think he's, like, waves, like, berserk and um weird amp moduling or delays and stuff, like H delay and whatnot. And there's this new lo-fi or pitch formant thing, and just like making all these guitar sounds sound like synths. Um, so if you listen when it comes out, I can send it to you if you want to um hear like a sneak peek um later. Uh oh, yes, please. there's no synths on the whole album. There's there or on the whole song. There's piano, like actual piano, and the rest is all guitar but they really sound cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that no, sounds incredible. Um, is that is that like a normal thing in the music industry where someone like Tom Rillo actually calls you a phone? Because I I can imagine that would be cool, but I'd probably be hit with some anxiety as well if I see the name <laughs> Tom Rillo on my phone as well. I'd be quite frightened um, as well. <laughs>
1: No, I think that's how it usually goes. There's, as I think, as if you're an engineer, of you're in the main engineer role like that, you know, you probably aren't getting like calls directly, more so from the artist, more so like rather than the label or the producer or whatnot. But like, you know, I think that's important as a producer, is like to have like good relationships um, and just like an open, open phone line for the people for the artists that you're you're working with and like being close because it's like you know, if you can't call up someone and be like, Hey, what's up? Or like, I had this idea directly to the source of like the other people creating the the song. Like, you know, you, you have to be intimate. You have to feel comfortable enough to be able to call and and, and talk if you're going to make, you know, music, which is like the most intimate thing.
0: Mm. And I think the thing that blows my mind the most, having said all of that, stuff is that you're you're on top of all this you're an active professional guitar player as well right so can you tell us about that and how how the hell you find time to do all these different things
1: <laughs> um, uh i don't have much of like a life out it's like everything that i do is is involved in 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 music and in, in some way so that's how you know the, the time of of my, my my life is all dedicated in one way or another to to that or to art but um Play guitar. Um, I th- I think and this is gonna sound so funny. I, um, you might be talking about the ba- I've been playing bass for this band um, or this artist called the Blossom and I work with them a lot in like a production I produce and write with. Mm. Um, they become very close friends of mine and they were putting their band together their live band i saw of two guitar
0: players everywhere saying it was guitar when it's when it's bass.
1: Yeah, 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 So, and they were like, "Susie, like, I, I need someone to play bass. I need someone. I don't know who to ask." And everyone was like busy or booked already. And I was like, "You know what? I'll play bass and like do backup vocals. Like, that sounds really fun to go on a couple of tours." So that that's how that happened, and we just did mm. some rehearsal. It was the first time I've ever gone on tour this past last month. um and it was so fun. It was so different and so cool to be out of like the recording studio world and into like you're playing live with people and there are people in front of you watch, you know, it was a really crazy special thing um, that taught me a lot too.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's super interesting. Cause some producers, they love that part of their work. They love being kind of being hidden away in their little studio cave. <laughs> right. But um, so do, do you appreciate that being able to get out and, you know interact with the crowd and stuff as well as just having a dark studio to go back to
1: i i love i i loved it and i love my alone time in the studio too i'm very anti-dark studios like i, lo- I have to like if i can always have a window in the studio like that natural mm. daylight <laughs> I, I love it mm. um but it was so cool. It like it, it, Being on stage and playing with the band, it teaches you so much about music and about the parts you're writing in the studio and how they go together. Um, so I think it's super cool. I I I, I had so much fun and I, I would do it again.
0: And you mentioned uh, you help write songs with The Blossom. So yeah, how often do you get to use that skill of yours as a songwriter? And have you ever thought in your mind, like have you ever ranked? you do all these different things, what do you kind of love the most out of all these skills, songwriting, engineering, producing, and uh, shredding as well?
1: <laughs> shredding, not shredding. <laughs> um, I, I love producing and I love writing. And I think like there's like, when I'm most happy, I'm kind of doing this world of, of both, of Ba- bouncing back and forth because a lot of writers are producers and and a lot of artists mm-hmm. who like record their own songs you know even if they're making the demo are producers in their own right um so that makes me the most happy is as when i can be like really involved creatively um as a producer and as a writer at the same time um to me, like my, my least favorite is, is engineering, just because like you have to take a back seat. You're, you're there to support the producer and the artist in that role. And you're there to make their dreams and their vision and what they hear come true. And so you have more of a technical role and you're making sure, you know, like nothing's getting fucked up either. Like everything's good. Nothing's peaking, whatever. Um, so yeah, producing writing is my favorite. And, um, I get to do it a lot. I do a lot of sessions. I get to work. There's a handful of artists that I work with quite often. And I, on, um, yeah, usually like three, four times a week, I'll, I'll get to write, uh, produce in sessions.
0: Because I bet a lot of people see producer, engineer, and think, well, that just sounds like the same thing to me. But it sounds like you're making a really important distinction there, right?
1: I mean, you know, also, but sometimes a lot of the time when I'm producing, I am engineering, like, I, I don't ever need someone to, like, hop on the computer and, like, run the run pro tools or whatever. Like, I would much rather, like, if I'm sitting here making the song, I can, I can record the drums, I can record the vocals that we're cutting. Um, I feel most comfortable sitting in front of the computer during that anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, th- I think there's there's various levels of producers. There are there are more producer writers, there's more producer engineers, or straight up producers, there's more producer executive and en- producers, like there's this big uh I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but like variety and and like styles of, of producing. Um and I think it's good to be able to do all of them, you know.
0: No, totally but I, but I
1: do love like the, the produ- producing, writing more, but I do. That being said, it's just like, it's just like a language. It's just like speaking English to engineer your own sessions most of the time.
0: Yeah. But I bet so many people look at what you do and think, gosh, she's just getting the best of every single world in, yeah. <laughs> in music. It sounds so cool. Um, oh, so Susie, I understand Quite an important part of your work is using Waves plugins, I understand. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that.
1: Love Um, Waves ah. plugins. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think, like, on all of my vocals, like, that SSL channel that they have, I use all the time. Um, Oh, my God, like, the delays. I'm trying to, like, even pull up my Pro Tools right now. Mm -hmm. H-Delay, like, all of this uh, stuff. I was even thinking, like, I've been recording vocals so fast and need like something to sound like my vocals to sound so good just for right now. Like I'm going to go like comp and, and tune it and like dial in a vocal chain later. But like, I've been throwing like the CLA box on it, like the CLA vocals. Um, but Yeah. They.
0: Mm. I mean, when did you, yeah. How did it start for you using waves? Were you using like other brands before that and. Yeah, you know um, it's like a big difference when you, I don't know if there's like a big switch or anything like that. But yeah, that'd be cool to hear.
1: There was a switch, you know, from the the GarageBand, like the Logic plugins. I remember oh, like goes. when I was in college, um, you know, I I was like, I was in a producing engineering major and they gave part of the thing. I had to buy this whole production bundle and like, wait, there was a Waves bundle in it. And that's where I found out about like, you know, some of the stuff. And yeah, I just changed it. Like even like the vocal bender, which is like this new, like their take on formant shifting and pitch shifting. It's like so cool. And like um yeah, it definitely it definitely changed. And it only like keeps getting better too. Like I don't like I always have vocal writer on my vocals. It's just like to get like the really really amazing vocals i feel like and because i know what the artist or writer or producer like wants to hear and they want to hear it so fast like waves waves the ssl channel mm. vocal writer
0: yeah the ones you've mentioned but do you describe those as your kind of go-to ones those are my go-to
1: ones the j37 the tape plug-in i really love um the cla2a super fast uh one knobs are good the fatter and the pumper i'm trying to think i use so much of their stuff cla blocks for like super fast super fast vocal um Age delay, I have in every session ever. It's part of my like delay and reverb boxes. And I'll have a couple of them, like a quarter and a ping pong and like a slap. Mm. Um, they're de So I'm just like looking through because I'm like, how much wave stuff do I use? And I'm like, <laughs> so much. The Puig Child for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you know what's interesting? You mentioned that you kind of upgraded from the stock GarageBand, Logic, stock plugins, right, to Waves. I mean, that's pretty interesting because I guess a lot of people, we've talked about the whole bedroom pop thing, right? And I guess a lot of those producers would think, well, I'm getting good results with these free plugins that come with the software. But um, it sounds like you have noticed a huge difference when you've um, upgraded.
1: Oh. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's just like crazy plugins and like waves keeps making like got him. Like, he always like sends me like this, this plugin's coming out or this thing. Like, have you seen this? Have you, and uh, have you ever like tried this plugin? Like, I'm like, we'll be like on video and I'm like, I didn't even know you guys made that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like a combination of like waves and sound toys, like random like boutique plugins. Like, it's like a big, anything that makes something sound weird well there's two two routes like the big clean cutting sound that i want the tape sounds that i want the tape emulators whatnot and like whatever like i feel bad for cursing but like whatever like fucks up the sound like whatever like takes Hmm. my like boring little piano going dun 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 that i have and like just makes it sound wild and something that i wasn't expecting and then i can cut it and sample it like those are the plugins that i that i love
0: yeah i mean you you mentioned ways will mention like a plugin you didn't you hadn't heard of and that leads me to my question Um i was going to say are there any ways plugins you'd say kind of underrated like less famous ones that you particularly love for yourself
1: I mean, I feel like when I look through other people's sessions, like I don't see a vocal writer being used that much. And it's Mm -hmm. so good. I saw, and I don't know if I can say this, so edit it out if not, but like I I saw um, Rob Kanelski, who's my favorite mixer in like the whole world. I was like sitting in on a session, was mixing something for me and he had vocal writer up and I was like, oh my God. Like, wh- I was like, why does it sound so good? Like, it sounds just so even the whole time. And it was it a was vocal writer doing most of the work and there wasn't like barely anything else on the channel. Um, but I think that's overlooked. I really think the CLA vocals are overlooked because, um, you know, you look it out on first glance and you're like, oh, it's one of the plugins that claims it can do everything. But when like seconds and minutes matter when you're in a vocal session, to me it's it 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 is the perfect thing for that. Um, mm. I think that one knob pumper i th- I think that's what I'm thinking of. Is really, again, fast and quick and really really overlooked, like, again, like, I don't see it in that many sessions that I get, where I'm like, yo, you should do that.
0: (laughs) Oh, cool. And yeah, so lastly, on waves, there are only like, really amazing examples of how you used waves on a recent project where you really felt like one of their plugins just took things to the next level kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think, what is something that I put out recently um there's a song called my mother wants me dead by carol's daughter that i produce and it's like a crazy big well it starts off really small like a little synth in a vocal and a drum machine and it goes into like crazy guitars and crazy screaming vocals um and what not but like really um the abbey road stuff the j37 on the vocal Mm -hmm. love and like that ssl the ssl channel um i know i like keep saying that but it's so simple and it's so good at what Mm -hmm. it does that it's like that's all over every vocal every time for me
0: Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Susie. So yeah, I'd be amazed to hear what's coming up, what to watch out for that's coming out, what products are getting released, and yeah, also who you're if you're allowed to disclose this, who you're gonna be in the studio with in the near future soon, maybe as well.
1: Yeah, um, there's more Carol's daughter music that will come out. Um, I think hopefully the blossom soon and um Tom Morello. Uh and I'm trying to think of of what else. I've been working a lot um with a couple of bands called the Wombats um, love them I think they're, they're from, over Not they're from, UK, from right? England yeah from the UK mm. and uh, the Drums who I adore um, and yeah that's kind the of wombats, it and yeah, Lauren Hibbard like- she's another UK artist
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah of course oh yeah. cool yeah so you've been working with a few UK people that's, that's so cool isn't that weird Hmm. Is that like a COVID thing? Because now there's so much remote stuff happening. Oh, interesting. I don't know if these are remote projects that you're mentioning, but um
1: Lauren, Lauren Hibbert, I've been working with remotely, but I'm gonna work have her come out here to the to LA, I think, and do like do um work on a bunch of stuff together. But like we've been, I've produced probably like four, four or five songs for her over the past year and a half, and it's all been remote. Um, but then the Wombats, um, Murph lives out here. So we've been, we've been working together.
0: Yeah, no, that must be fun. Um, and then finally, while the red carpet's still out, if, say if someone wanted to like discover the world of Susie Shin, which, uh, which projects would you kind of point them towards for kind of intro to what you've done?
1: Um, I'd point them to Panic. Weezer, I put them to Van Weezer for sure. Um, and the new Carol's Daughter stuff. I think that's a good, a good, fun starting place.
0: Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Okay, Susie, thanks so much for your time. It's been so cool to hear about how you've approached everything and yeah. Really thank appreciate it. Thank you so
1: much, this was really fun.
0: No worries, thank you Susie.
1: All right, bye Adam.
0: Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.